You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! And welcome to episode number 49 of the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of March 16th, 2015. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully this podcast finds you in a good place. I know, unfortunately, it is Monday. I hate it just as much as you guys do, but hopefully we'll be able to get through it, and hopefully this podcast will help you get through it. And that actually is a good segue to the first thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to say thank you to all the listeners who download the show every week. This is the one-year anniversary of the Derek Diamond experience. It's crazy to think that it's already been a year since I started this new venture. You know, I've been doing the Nerd Cave for almost two years. That spun off Time for Comics. That spun off other shows. And, you know, deciding to do a show by myself was kind of daunting for me because at the time I was still kind of struggling with my own social anxieties, but luckily I had, you know, Zach and Willis at the time and now Robbie to bounce off of and discuss things that we all enjoy. And doing a show by yourself is way different than a show with a group of people because you have no one to bounce off of. And I still struggle with that at times because, you know, you'll be sitting here and you'll be discussing a story, but you don't have anybody to bounce off of. You're just kind of carrying the conversation by yourself. And I'm impressed by people that do it and have done it for years. And hopefully I continue to get better. I I like to think that I've grown leaps and bounds since starting this show a year ago. And I would like to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to talk with you guys, you know, one-on-one for a few minutes and then go on to an interview. And I've met a lot of great people through doing this podcast. And I thank everyone who has been a guest on the show previously, as well as those in, in the future that I've already interviewed for upcoming episodes. You know, thank you very much for taking the time out of your schedule to you know, talk with me for 30 minutes or, you know, even longer. And it wouldn't be possible without you guys. And I've got some great interviews coming up in the next few weeks that I hope you guys enjoy. So again, thank you very much. And as far as news goes, there's not really anything going on majorly in the world of pop culture or nerd culture. But I do have a pretty cool opportunity coming up in the next couple of weeks, kind of mentioning the social anxiety thing again. I'm getting to moderate a panel at an upcoming filmmakers meet and greet, similar to the ones that I've mentioned before where I've met guests that I've had on the show, uh, people that I've worked with, with short films, web series, and various things like that. And, you know, I've I've mentioned before, that's how I got involved with Pensacon. That's how I made those connections. And that meet and greet is coming up on Saturday, April 18th at 1 p.m. It's going to be at the Goat Lips Deli Dinner House and Sports Pub located on Copter Road here in Pensacola, and I'm getting to moderate the panel that's about filmmaking on a micro-budget, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing who's going to be on the panel, getting to talk with them, and like I've said, those meet and greets have been very helpful to me with the show and getting film work as well, so I, I look forward to moderating that panel, and if she's listening, I would like to thank Carrie Hunter for asking me and giving me the opportunity to do that. But if you want to know more about the meet and greet, you can always go to Facebook and join the Emerald Coast Film Group page, and you'll find out a lot about local projects, uh, other people that work, you know, within the industry, and it's just a great way to network and connect with people that you wouldn't have access to before. But other than that, uh, I really don't have anything else to discuss for this open, so We'll get right to our bonus content and guests this week. And if you've paid attention to my Facebook page and the Nerd Cave Network Facebook page, then you'll know that the guest this week is myself. And yes, that might sound very vain, but this was something that I was interested in doing a few weeks ago. My friend Marshall, who I've known for years, is currently in college at the University of West Florida, and he had to write a paper on someone. And I guess his first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh choices weren't available. So he asked to interview me. 
Well, we did the interview, and it was interesting being on the other side of an interview because I'm always used to being the one that asks the questions and not being asked the questions. So we did the interview, and it went really well. And a few days later, I was like, we should have recorded that, and that could have been an episode of my podcast. So I asked if he would be willing to do it again. He said yes. He came over, and we recorded this interview that you're about to hear. And I'm not going to lie, it was kind of nice getting to tell you know my story. I've never really fully explained it on an open forum like that. I mean, I've dropped hints about how I got into video production, my work with the Wahoos and everything, but not really in the type of detail that I did during this interview. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. And Marshall, I thank you very much for agreeing to do that. My little uh, vanity project, as we call it. But as far as the bonus content goes that you're going to hear before the interview that Marshall did with me, it's from a show in Tallahassee back in early February involving my friends over at the Unicorn Wranglers. And I don't think I've ever really explained this on the show, but their murder mystery tour isn't just your traditional concert. It's more like a full spectacle. We came up with a whole murder mystery story with animations that Adam and I did, and the drawings were by our friend Tyler Huffman, who did a fantastic job with those. You can find those on Facebook. And the cool thing is they asked me to be the narrator slash storyteller of the Murder Mystery Night Spectacle. So you're about to hear two songs from the Unicorn Wranglers as well as snippets from the story that I told in between songs. And they're out of order, so the story might not make much sense, but it's your traditional like murder mystery type story. But the two songs you're going to hear are the single from their new album, Carne Asada, and one of my personal favorite songs from that album, Polar Primate. So sit back, enjoy these two songs, and we'll be right back with what I like to think is the definitive Derek Diamond interview. You would think that after hours of driving that fatigue and frustration would be setting in, but not from this band. No, they continued on their journey, laughing amongst themselves and telling stories of how far their band had come in such a short time. They thought to themselves, Surely nothing could go wrong, as they traveled out west with dreams of fortune and fame on their mind. Thank you. 
on the front door hoping that help was just on the other side. The mansion door opened and a young butler guided them into the living room. They were surprised to find that they had stumbled upon a couple's retreat. But why would there be a couple's retreat in the middle of nowhere? But before they could ask, a loud scream came from the kitchen. Everyone ran into the kitchen to discover a dead body lying on the counter. A frightened woman described the murderer saying he had a crazed, primitive look in his eyes, and polar-like chills ran down the spines of the three new guests.
Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with a very special guest today, Derek Diamond, host of the Derek Diamond Experience. Uh, and I'm, I want to just you know learn a little bit more about Derek and just figure out how you know some more about his life, background, uh, and his everyday work life. So, Derek, uh, could you describe a typical workday for me? A typical workday. Uh... Let me see how detailed you want me to go on this. Um, usually wake up around 7.30, uh, struggle to get out of bed like everyone else does in the morning. Uh, shower, make coffee, get dressed, uh, go to work, usually have to make a few graphics, uh, videos, uh, whatever else uh, the front office staff decides to throw them on my plate. And then uh, leave at 5, and yeah, I usually have something going on uh, after work, so... Not not a ton of free time, but you know I, I enjoy my job, so it's it's pretty fun. I gotcha, and and you know yeah, you you work for the Wahoos, and you're the you're a creative services trainee. Correct? Yes, that means uh, I am. I guess you'd call it second in command of the creative service department. We do all the Blue Wahoos print media, uh, videos, commercials. Um, Facebook graphics that you'll see on you know Facebook, Twitter, all, all other forms of social media. We're really starting to put uh, push Instagram this year too, and really anything like that. Like we might have to make say a fact sheet or an order form or you know some random thing like that. I don't know who uses a fax machine anymore, but <laughs> apparently somebody does. Yeah, anything uh, creative, uh, visually wise, we make. And during the baseball season, we make player headshots. Sometimes we'll make a sponsor commercial, uh, sponsor graphics that you'll see uh, on the video board at uh, various Blue Wahoo games. So everything audio and visual uh, we are responsible for. I that's cool. So anything you know, any graphics that we see that come from the Blue Wahoos, either you or your department had something to do with that. Most yes. Likely, yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, and how demanding is the job? Like, how many you know hours do you put in for a week, per week? Uh, hours wise, uh, we'll just leave it at a lot. Uh, it, it's a lot of hours during the season on game days. It can be very demanding because everyone's, you know, rushing to get ready for the game. Cause usually games start at six 30 gates will open at five 30. Uh, we have game day staff, people that are trained to specifically come in an hour, hour and a half before the game start and say, we'll have the, uh, director and luckily, we have two good directors who have over 30 years of experience uh, in television. So they'll be the ones you know that punch up the different cameras if we have a game that's broadcast on TV. But all our games are broadcast on uh, on the internet. So we usually have, uh, in our department, we'll have around 10 or 11 people uh, that work various games, uh, including myself, uh, my boss, and the other uh, creative service trainee who's just kind of there to oversee things and in case you know something breaks we'll jump in and fix it or if uh if our center field camera has to be adjusted one of us will run out and go fix it you know we're, we're just kind of there to be you know on standby in case something goes wrong but once the game start the game day staff is usually the one that uh or the ones that kind of take over also i understand that you are you know you're the host of the Derek diamond experience you're co-host of the nerd cave podcast you put together a lot of you know you know, the website material for the Nerd Cave Network. Mm -hmm. How do you find time between work and all that to, you know, have time to do that and still eat? Well, I've always had the philosophy that if you're passionate about something, you'll make the time to do it. And at times I feel like that I won't have the time. But it's it's kind of a labor of love. I mean, that's why I ask you to do this, you know, for me, because I thought, you know, me having an interesting story would be something a little bit different. Uh, with, with my show, I like to... Out of all the shows on the network, we officially have five different shows now. Uh, my show, I think, is probably the most different because, one, it's the only one with one host, and it's entirely guest-based. So I kind of have to depend on 
you know, having the time to research the guest, say if it's a filmmaker, I'll try and watch some of their stuff so we can actually talk about it. If it's a musician, I'll listen to a few of their songs and offer my opinion on that. So that can be very taxing. And then with the Nerd Cave, you know, we talk about like nerd and pop culture type things. So that one's kind of turned into three friends just talking because, I mean, we... We know about the same things. We know about, you know, the top news that comes out, like, say, oh, the first official picture of Aquaman was released. Well, we're all going to see it. So that one's gotten a lot easier uh, over the years. Uh, The Nerd Cave we've been doing for almost two years now. This may will be two years. And at the beginning, it was very, very structured and to the point, because I used to actually print out the synopsis, and I would give it to... Zach and Willis when we would record so they would know exactly where we're going at all times. But since then, we've kind of lightened up and it's more it's more organic, I think, because... It just comes more natural to you guys because yes. you guys all have the uh, shared interests. Yes, and it was to a point where I think we were in around the late 30s or early 40s in episodes and we were starting to lose listeners and we couldn't figure out why. So we Facebook messaged a few people that that we knew listened to the show, and we were thinking, you know, we asked, what can we do, you know, to fix this? Because we're losing listeners, we don't know what's wrong. And a couple of people said, one, the show is too long. Because back then, the show was close to two hours. Yeah, I, I remember that, you know, I'd you know, be driving to work, it would take me, you know, three or four days to listen to a whole episode. <laughs> well, what's funny is, we actually did a three-hour show once, and... Let's just say that will not happen again, at least not on my watch anyway. But no, we, we've shortened the shows uh, down to an hour, or you know, an hour, sometimes an hour and five, hour and ten. But we figure it's better to talk about the most relevant topics and then the rest just be us, you know, discussing funny personal stories or, you know, anything that might get a cheap laugh uh, from listeners. So uh, it, that's kind of what the Nerd Cave has turned into. And then we... We have a few other shows. Uh, we have a show that's entirely dedicated to uh, comic books called Time for Comics that comes on every other Friday. Uh, we have a new show that actually doesn't involve any of us uh, called Pop Culture Palette, which features uh, Steve Scott, who used to be the uh, comic book artist for Batman. Oh, that's cool. And also, uh, he's drawn for X-Men. He's worked on the Smallville TV show. And also, uh, his co-host named Jason Robbins is a current illustrator, but he used to be a musician with a band called Fall As Well, who in the early to mid-2000s toured with a little-known band called Three Doors Down. Really? So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, he, he was... Uh, I met him, you know, through that show, and I've had both him and Steve on, you know, my show as guests, and uh, they're they're both really good guys, and they're they're passionate about podcasting as well. So, and then we have Fist of Monkey, which is a kind of a random discussion show with uh, Zach and his friend Josh, who we went to college with. So, we we have uh, we have a nice variety. So and, and all these are part of your Nerd Cave Nerd Network? Nerd Cave Network, yes. Well, funny story about that was we originally didn't intend for that to happen because it just it just started with the Nerd Cave, and then we started the comic book show, and then Zach started doing a show with his friend Josh, and then I had the idea to do a interview-based show, and then I said to Zach one day, well, we have all these different shows why don't we brand them under one banner and call it the Nerd Cave Network? Because the Nerd Cave podcast is kind of what started all of it. And since then, you know, we've rebranded everything. Like we have YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it's all under Nerd Cave Network. So you'll see links to the other shows from the Nerd Cave Network uh, Twitter page because it's a way to keep things simple and listeners and fans, they just say, Oh, so just search for nerd cave network. It I makes it a lot easier. So uh, how long is it going to be before I can find the nerd cave network on my direct TV listings? Uh, we'll, we'll give it till, uh, we'll say 2017, 2017 will be when, uh, the nerd cave network, uh, hits direct TV pending, uh, Rob Lowe's approval. I will hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I hope uh, I hope I can come through on that. 
Me too. Uh, and between, you know, the, the podcasts and your work with the Wahoos, uh, what's the most enjoyable aspect? Uh, just of like life in general? Uh, I, I guess I'd go categorically, you know, like, like what's the most enjoyable about oh, the, oh. the Wahoos and the most enjoyable about the podcast? Oh, okay. Um, as far as work goes, um, I really like the people that I work with. Uh, I've made some very good friends. Uh, through working with the Wahoos, and it's it's kind of it's kind of like summer camp in a way because it's yeah. a, it's a seasonal job, and it's like you go away for the summer and you make all these new friends, and you know we're we're all there to do our best work, and through that you kind of form a camaraderie, not just with you know the people in your department, but we also work in conjecture with everybody. Say with merchandising, we'll have to make graphics to put on the merchandise website. Uh, we'll have to make something for the sales department to, to try and get you know different groups or different sponsor groups to come out to the game and sell tickets. So you really get to know everybody that works at the stadium, and I mean it's it's kind of like its own little family, and that that to me is kind of the most enjoyable aspect of that. And as far as the podcast goes. I mean, with with doing the Nerd Cave, I mean, I just get to sit around with two of my best friends and discuss things that I enjoy. And then with my show, I get to meet new people. I get to, you know, learn interesting stories because that, that's why I wanted to do it. Because ever since I was a kid, I've always been fascinated with people. I've not always liked people, <laughs> but I've always been fascinated by them, Like especially those that, you know, are actors or they're, you know, some big name person. And I wonder... How did they get there? What what was it that led them on that path? You know, why did they take that path? So through through doing the nerd cave and going to conventions, I made enough connections to think, you know, I could probably have enough guests to start, you know, my own show and get at least seven or eight episodes, you know, per week. And then uh through that hopefully I can start making more connections. That way I can keep putting out something every week. And for the most part, I have. I mean, I've I've missed a couple, but you know, for the most part, I've put out an episode of that every week, which I'm I'm proud to say. All right, and then also uh, spinning off of what you're saying, you know, you you love seeing and learning about how these celebrities got to where they are, how they became, you know, what they are, how they became interested in that field. Mm-hmm. Well, what made what what made you interested in your field, and how do you how do you get there? It's kind of a funny story how that happened because when I was in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do because I wasn't really concentrating on school. I was more concerned about you know video games and spending time with friends and all that fun stuff. So when I graduated and went to college uh, at Pensacola State, which is right across the street from here, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was just taking my, you know, general classes, your Englishes, your college algebra, your earth science. And through uh, some friends that I went to high school with, I joined the SGA. And I was in the SGA office one day, and I remember it was around April or May of 2005. And I found this little pamphlet in the SGA office, and it said... Pensacola Junior College, because that's what it was called at the time, Digital Video Broadcasting Program. So I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, it's, you know, TV production. And I'd always been fascinated by, like, how TV and movies were made, but I never thought about pursuing it as a career. So I picked it up, read it, and it had a list of the classes, how many credit hours you would get, brief description of the classes and all that fun stuff. So I looked through it. I'm like, oh, this is neat. And then I put it back down. And a few minutes later, I'm just kind of sitting around, and then I pick it up again, read through it, put it back down. A few minutes later, pick it back up and read it again. So I thought, I have no idea what I want to do. Why not try this for a semester? And if I don't like it, worst case scenario, I can use these as electives. So that following fall... Starting in August of 2005, that's when I started the video broadcasting program. And I, I don't remember exactly what classes I took. I took Computer Graphics 1, Two-Dimensional Design, which was basically a drawing class. It taught you, like, you know, color schemes, different shades of colors and whatnot. And I took uh, 
TV production, which was on Monday and Wednesday nights. And after that first TV class, I decided that was what I wanted to do. It, was, it wasn't really a specific thing. It was just seeing the overall process. And I'm like, the, this is what I want to do. And I haven't looked back since. And what's funny is as we're doing this, um, last night I w- was working at the same studio at WSRE, which was where all the classes were at the time. And I worked there part-time as a production assistant, and I helped film the, uh, the pledge drive that we had. And I remembered the exact room where classes were taught. So I went in there and I took a picture just because I haven't been in there in forever. And I was thinking it's been almost a decade since I took that first class. Because this is March of 2015 and that was in August of 2005. So it's it's been almost a decade, which is kind of crazy to think about. Makes it feel kind of old, doesn't it? Well, I mean, people have told yeah. me, you know, as you get older, time flies by yeah. faster, and it, it, it does. Like, even me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a freshman, but, you know, just going through going through the years, I, I, I can vouch for that, you know, since high school, just it goes by faster and faster, you kind of should slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I kind of noticed it my senior year of high school, and then since then, it's gone faster. I mean, look, we're already in March of this year, and it seems yeah, like yesterday it was New Year's. But that that's, that's in general like how I got started with that. And so, so what you're saying is that, you know, prior to college, you didn't have any videography experience, no, no. broadcasting, nothing like that. No, like I, I was always fascinated by it, but, you know, never really had an interest in pursuing it. That, that's cool. So I, I guess, you know, you have a, it's, it's, it's apparent that you have a knack for it because, I mean, you went from no knowledge in high school to now you're working for the Wahoos, you're making podcasts, you, you know, have the Nerd Cave Networks so out. Pretty, pretty impressive resume there. Well, thank you. What was funny enough is when I first started my freelance work, uh, sound was always my my weakness. I would never really worry about the sound. But through doing the podcast, now I concentrate so much more on sound because I know how important it is. Because video, you can you can clean up. Like if you shoot bad video, you can clean it up a little bit to make it look decent. But you can't fix bad audio. I mean, it's it's impossible to do. And also, uh, so in, in general, I know that you work for the Wahoos now. Uh, you have your podcasts. Uh, can you give me a little background, like you know, other jobs you've had, other other work you've done in uh, just video? It's weird that like my my story is all things I do kind of connect to each other in some way, like through video I've made you know new friends like working with the Wahoos or doing freelance work which I'll get to in a second but uh like and through the podcast I've gotten video work like uh I interviewed a local actress from here uh months and months ago this was back during the summer of last year and it turned out that she was the coordinator for a bridal expo that's held here every year in January and the, and she told me that because I had mentioned that I do wedding videos. So through that, I got a table at the Bridal Expo. I was the only video guy there. And, you know, I got a good amount of work from it. And I wouldn't have gotten that if it wasn't for doing the podcast. So I don't know, all, all things I do kind of intertwine and intersect each other in some odd way. But as far as other stuff I do, a friend of mine who is a wedding photographer gave me the idea of starting to shoot wedding videos, and this was as I was wrapping up college. It was in, I think, March of 2008, and I went with her uh, to this wedding, and it was literally like a two-camera, it might not have even been then, it might have been just a one-camera setup where I would just stand behind the audience, start out with a wide shot, and then once you know the whole wedding party is there, I would just zoom in, stay on the bride and groom for a while. And after that, you know, I started buying more equipment and watching other people's videos to see what they do to try and, you know, get better. Because that's what you should do with every job. You should always aspire to get better. And whether that be, you know, watching tutorials or watching other people's work to get an idea of how you can make what you do better. So 
I I like to think that I've gotten a lot better since then. Like I I would probably go back and watch some of my early stuff and say how terrible it is. But I mean that that's just how work goes. I, I think everyone would would say something like that. And as as you've grown as, in your line of work, has there been anybody like you know famous or more in your personal life or whatever that's been like an inspiration to you through your growth? Um, th- well, there have been a lot of people that uh that have helped me um as far as anyone famous none that i can really think of well i mean as far as i guess influences uh when it comes to film stuff uh kevin smith is the first one that jumps out to mind just because he's kind of the one that proved that an everyday guy can make a movie and be successful i mean if you know the backstory of how clerks was made um and if you don't you should look it up it's actually a really really good story then as far as my freelance stuff, you know, I've had photographers, uh, other videographers who I've worked with and become friends with, or even those that I've only worked with once. Uh, e- everyone has helped me in some way, whether or not they intend to, because, you know, I, I try to absorb all the information that I can. And then through through the Wahoos, you know, my boss obviously has been extremely helpful couple of the production trainees that I've worked with have been helpful. Really, everybody, everybody's kind of helpful in their own way. Like there hasn't really been, you know, too many people that specifically jump out to mind, which I guess if I had to name one, it would probably be Adam, who is my current boss and one of my best friends, which I remember the first day meeting him was at orientation in 2013. He was a creative service trainee at the time. And then our old boss, uh, Andrew Dembski, decided uh, to leave uh, the organization. But he he left, you know, in enough time to get Adam ready because he was going to be the one to take over. And then about a month into the season, he asked me to come in and start helping him shoot these sponsor spots that we would need to show during the games and edit videos and things like that because... He didn't have anybody like that because that was supposed to be his job, but now he's dealing with all this other stuff that he needed me to come help him. And through that, we became, uh, you know, really good friends. And then he asked me to be his trainee for the 2014 season, went through that. And then I left in September of last year, went back to doing a few freelance things, but nothing really major. And then he told me that I had, I had the opportunity to come back again, which is kind of unheard of because a trainee is only supposed to be like a one season position. It's supposed to kind of help you get another job. Well, there aren't really that many video jobs here in Pensacola. And, you know, thankfully the higher ups in the Wahoos said that, you know, it would be okay for me to come back. So I started back in January and uh, that that's where I am now. As, you know, and I've made a lot of good friends, like I've said a couple of times, but the thing that kind of sticks out to me is when uh, one day last year after work we were leaving and uh, Adam asked me if I would be a groomsman in his wedding. And that kind of surprised me because no one's ever asked me to do anything like that before because I'm always the guy who films the wedding. I'm not ever in it. And then when I found out there were only, including me, three groomsmen, I was like, wow. You know, I, I was I was kind of flattered by it, to be honest. So really this, you know, getting into videography and vi- uh, digital broadcasting, that's really, you know, changed your life. Like you, you're in a completely different position now than you would have ever been before mm-hmm. uh, with your personal life, you know, career-based. Uh, you, you've met a lot of influential people along the way that seem to have had a big impact on your life. Yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, people always wonder what if, what if this wouldn't have happened or what if I had done this instead of that? I don't know what I would be doing if I didn't, you know, find that brochure, you know, years and years ago. I mean, I I honestly don't know. I mean, I could be, you know, I could still be like working with, you know, my grandparents' business or I could just be, you know, working a retail job or something like that. I, I really have no idea what I would be doing. And also, like, uh, you know, you right, right now you seem to be getting, getting along pretty well with the podcast. You seem to be doing well for yourself with the Wahoos. But in the long term, 
what would your dream job be? Where do you want to be in 20 or 30 years? And what do you want people to remember you, like your legacy to be? That is the million dollar question. Um, well, this has kind of been my dream from the beginning since I started this little venture. Working some way in film is still ultimately what I would like to do. But at the same time, there have been like, I feel like I get pulled in so many directions sometimes, you know, somebody will ask me to work on a film set and I'll be like, yeah, I want to do that. And then work comes along and says, no, you need to do this instead. Then I get pulled in that direction. And then friends come along and say, no, you need to do this. And then I'll get pulled in that direction. So I'm just like being pulled by three or four different things. And there's a lot of things I'm involved with, but you know, film is still ultimately what I would like to do. But my, my dream job would be to make a movie based off of the legend of Zelda video game series and what's funny is since the last time we talked, a Netflix series has been announced. There's going to be a Legend of Zelda Netflix series, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, well, I mean, it's not 100% confirmed, but if it does happen, and I think it will, then I think it's going to be really, really good. And I hope that eventually leads to a movie, but not quite yet because, you know, I want to be the one to do it. Also, I... Uh and going going away from that a little bit, uh, what what have you done in your life? Like, not necessarily what have you done, but what what skills? What do have you done with your life <laughs> lately? Uh, not not how I meant that to sound. Uh, what what skills do you have personally that have helped you su- to succeed in this? First of all, I think is patience, and I can thank my mother for that because she has way more patience than anyone else I know. Because uh, with things like this, they're not going to happen overnight. You have to have long-term goals. Short-term goals are great too, but with the long-term goals, you have to have patience because there are going to be bumps in the road. You've got to, you know, overcome those. And it's it's like, uh, I believe Alfred said it in one of the Batman movies, why do we fall so we can get back up? That And that's that holds very true to any type of production. And sometimes things are not going to go your way and you just have to swallow your pride, swallow your ego and just keep moving forward. Persistence is another good one. Uh, And the biggest example I can give of that is uh, back in May of last year, about a month, two months after I started my show, there was a, there's a local, uh, or former actress that lives around here who also has her own talent agency. And she was on one of the Power Rangers shows. And she was one of the first people that I had in mind to interview. Well, I emailed her in May, and for months I didn't hear anything. So eventually I tried again. And then she was like, hey, I saw this message that you sent, you know, all the way back in May that, you know, I never, never noticed that you sent. So we had set something up, but then it didn't work out. And most people would have just been like, well, I guess it's just not meant to be. Well, then a couple of months later, I asked again. And then it seemed like it wasn't going to work out then, but eventually it did. And I think I interviewed her along with one other person uh, in October of last year. So just because you know things don't work out immediately doesn't mean they won't work out later. Those those two kind of tie in together, I think, because you have to be you have to be persistent, but not in a really pestering way. Because and she even commented on this in the interview that you know you had the persistence to do this when most people would have given up, and you have to be persistent when you're trying to reach your goals because it's it's what you want, and you should fight for what you want. So it's very obvious that you really enjoy what you do. You, you know, nothing would be the same without it. Uh, but, uh, but of course, I'm sure that it's not all glamour and, you know, getting the, the recognition well, I, of life that. Never, life yeah. never is. Uh, what would you consider would be some of the, you know, the, your least favorite things about your job? Um, the time that it puts in because... I love my job, but it also takes up a lot of time from other things that I like to do because I'm involved in a lot of things. And 
as I mentioned before, sometimes I feel like I'm being pulled in so many different directions that I don't know where to go. Well, when things really come along that you want to do and you can't do them because you have to work, you know, it sucks. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it, and it's like I said before, just because it doesn't work out now doesn't mean that it won't later. So that kind of goes into the, you have to be patient and persistent about, you know, things you want to do and don't, you know, give up and put your head in the sand or, you know, just throw in the towel. Just stick with it. Also, going to the other end of the spectrum, uh, what what would be your most memorable moment? Is there one thing that you've done in your work that's really stuck out above everything else? With the Wahoos or just... Uh, let's go with the Wahoos. Okay. Um... Let me think. I have two things. Um, one, there's this uh, video series that we have called The Rally Fish, and it's a playoff of the rally monkey that the Los Angeles Angels made. I believe that was the team that did it. But uh, basically what we do is we take a clip from a famous movie, and at some point re- we replace a character with this taxidermied wahoo that we found on Google Images. And to give an example, and this is our most popular one, but it's the Lion King. You know, at the beginning when the animals are coming to Pride Rock to see baby Simba, and then Rafiki comes up and holds him uh, at the top of the rock, and everybody, you know, starts cheering and everything. Well, instead of him raising up Simba, we put in the fish, And then we have this, you know, dance remix of Circle of Life starts playing, and then we'll cut to crowd shots, and people will be going nuts, and uh, people people love that one. And we've made several since then. I know we've got a Ghostbusters one, we've got a Footloose one, which that no one seems to really care for that one, but I think that one's one of my favorites. Uh, There, there, there's a Star Wars one when. Vader cuts Luke's hand off. Instead of him saying, I am your father, he says, I am the rally fish, and his helmet opens, <laughs> and it's the fish. But last year, I got to make one, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to make a Power Rangers rally fish. I had the song in mind and everything, and how to describe how it goes is the Megazord's about to get destroyed, and the Green Ranger shows up, plays his flute, but instead of the Dragon Zord, it's the rally fish. And then when he comes out of the water, the monster, you know, starts exploding and everything. And then I took the uh, Power Rangers logo, the one with the giant lightning bolt, and I replaced the bolt with the fish, and it says Mighty Morphin Rally Fish. And I found this really cool remix of the Power Rangers theme song, and I remember it actually getting a decent ovation uh, when we played it, so... That, that, that was kind of one of my personal highlights, and uh, another one is actually one we uh, did recently where uh, we announced a couple of months ago that uh, golfer Bubba Watson is now a part owner of the Wahoos. Well, we made this video to promote that happening, and what we did was we had our mascot, Kazoo, who's a giant blue sea monster, he had to go on the scavenger hunt to find somebody. And he went to all these different locations. He went to a golf course. He went to the beach. He went to Milton High School, uh, to downtown. And he would find these different clues as to you know, who he was looking for. But the clues were really in the locations because he's originally from Milton. Golf, golf course, and everything makes sense. We stayed at the stadium one night until 2.30 in the morning finishing that thing. And... That place is pretty creepy at night, especially at 2.30 in the morning. And what's crazy is, as we were leaving uh, the parking lot, we see smoke coming from this building that's like two blocks away. And we're thinking, you know, something's got to be burning down over there. And then the next morning, I read uh, on the Channel 3 News Facebook page that some local restaurant that was near the stadium burned down. So that, that was what it was. Like We actually sort of saw that place burn down. Which was, which was unfortunate, but that's what we get for staying at work until two thirty in the morning. And I guess that kind of you know ties into the whole time-consuming part of it because nobody wants to be at work at two thirty in the morning. Better that than you know having to work really late on a Friday. 
good, good point. Good point. And uh, is there, just curious, uh, for myself and for any uh, listeners out there, uh, is there anywhere to find these videos on the internet, or is it something more of like you have to be there to see it? The Bubba Watson video you can find on YouTube. Just search for Wahoo's Network. But for the Rally Fish videos, those you have to be at the uh, at the stadium. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, just just another reason to go see the Wahoos and their impressive stadium. Uh, and outside of work, uh, out, outside of work and your podcasting and any other freelance business that you do, uh, do you have any other hobbies? Like anything you do in your private life? Um, hobbies. It could be you know anything from sports or just whatever i i do i'm a big uh as you are a big advocate of fantasy football you know in the fall it takes up a good bit of our time yes it does and a lot of frustration (laughs) (laughs) uh there are things about last season that i'm still not very happy about Mm -hmm. i made it in a money league at work i made it all the way to the championship game and i only lost uh, two times during the regular season, it was both the same guy. I played him again in the championship game and lost. That that sucks. Yeah, so he he was the only person to beat me, and it, it was so frustrating because I can't say anything to him. And he's also a Packers fan, so then he starts throwing in the whole Packers beating the Steelers in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and I'm like, <laughs> how how long have you been holding that you know Trump card in your pocket, sir? Uh, well, I mean, whenever your team wins something, I guess a lot of people just tend to tend to stick with that. You know? Yeah, I, I'm a Bucks fan, so I don't know what that's like, <laughs> but I imagine. Well, at least not for a while. Work. Yeah, I mean, I was six when we won our only Super Bowl. So, but you can say you were alive when your team yeah, won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Technically, at least there's that. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe you guys uh, will do better next year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this this year in sports has just been kind of rough for the two of us, especially on the collegiate level. Yeah, yeah. Florida has uh, has not been that great the last couple of years, but you know, hopefully with a new coach, I think it's going to be a new quarterback. Um, I, I think I think things will turn around. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a big uh, uh, big football fan. Um, I actually started playing flag football. Uh, this year, and I've never played any yeah. form of organized football at all. So I'm, you know, kind of like the the lost soul of the team. And what's funny is a couple of weeks ago, we were getting the crap beat out of us, and we knew we were going to lose the game. We had like two plays left, and I hadn't got a catch yet. So uh, Adam's brother Ian, who is our quarterback, he's like, he's like, you're getting your catch right now. Literally, when I when I say hike, just turn around, and I'm going to throw you the ball. So what happens is he hikes the ball. They rush two guys. So he just, you know, is in a panic and just kind of lobs it up. Did you drop it? And I don't know how I did this, (laughs) but I jumped probably higher than I ever have before, and I caught it with my fingertips, and I held on to it. And we celebrated like we had just won the championship. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So, and then, like, the next week on defense, I had, like, four or five flagpoles, so... That that was that was kind of my my highlight. Like as we're doing this, I think we have two games left. So have you scored yet? I have not. I mean, I literally have one catch on the season. I have caught a touchdown in practice, if that counts. Well, uh, first time you score, I expect a uh, a Victor Cruz esque salsa dance <laughs> and then a Gronk spike ensuing. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. I, I've gotten suggestions from people on what I should do, but I, I may. I may do the salsa into the spike, so uh, tr- try to not go the Stevie Johnson route. Try to try to keep it a little classier than that. No, I, I won't. I won't do anything like that. No, uh, there there will be no Steven or Stevie Johnson tomfoolery from me. <laughs> uh, as far as other hobbies, um, I mean that's really about it. I mean, like I said, work takes up a lot of my time. Um, I I have gotten back into playing some classic video games. Nick, uh, who is one of our like most loyal listeners and is now a co-host on our comic book show, mailed me a Super Nintendo, <laughs> which was pretty fantastic of him to do. And I like I haven't got a chance to play it yet, but I have been playing like emulators of old like SNES and NES games because I'm an old school Nintendo fan at heart. I always will be. So 
over the next few months, I look forward to uh, buying some classic SNES games and playing through those. That's that's pretty cool. And uh, overall, uh, what uh, what is most like? Is there is there one thing that you do like between your work, between your hobbies, and your podcasts? Uh, is there one part of it that's just the most enjoyable aspect of all of it that you just can say, I love doing this and I want to be doing this for you know the rest of my life or at least in the foreseeable future? That's a very, very tough question because... Yeah, know, I, as, I understand you love all of it. Yeah, and, and as I said before, it's not that I love all of it, but they all kind of well, yeah. intertwine with each other. So it, it's tough to pick one. Um Probably editing something like editing a, a video, because you know I, I love I love shooting video, but it's when you put it on a computer and it's like you're really getting to create and build something, and it's it's a lot like solving a puzzle, figuring out you know like say you're you shot an interview with say a host and two guests, and you figure out which shots work best, how it flows best. And it's it's like puzzle solving, and I could sit at a computer for hours and do that. So that that would probably be my number one, and then a close second would be doing the podcast because it's we don't make anything off of it, but it's it's really a labor of love because we're you know we we like we like entertaining people, and I mean we we entertain ourselves when we're talking, because sometimes we'll go off on a tangent and we'll tell, you know, some funny story. Nine times out of ten, it's at Robbie's expense, but, you know, just like regular life, but... Yeah, true. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's it, it's fun. It's really fun, and, you know, just getting to... And having two, you know, really good friends that enjoy it just as much as you do, and, you know, the fact that all three of us are so passionate about it and we want it to get better... And I really do think it's going to get better. I mean, Pensacon just happened. They yep. did a lot of great interviews. Um, we're hoping to go to more conventions uh, this year. I know we'll be going to one in Alabama uh, in November, but we're hoping to go to a couple uh, between now and then. That's pretty cool, you know, trying to get your name out there, trying to, mm-hmm. trying to you know, build the Word of mouth network. is still the best thing to do. Very true, very true. And so it seems like you just really enjoy uh, being able to see your hard work come to fruition, just be able to see, you know, the the hours that you put into your work mm-hmm. come out and just, you know, be able to see the finished product and see say be able to say, you know, I did this and you'll be able to, you know, enjoy your work. And that that's one thing that, you know, anybody needs to be able to do is to enjoy what they do and be proud of their work. Right. No, I I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean it's Hard work eventually pays off. That, that's what I've always been told, you know, by my family is that, you know, work hard and eventually you will be rewarded. All right. Uh, and is there anything else that you would like to add? Any other uh, interesting concepts of the Derek Diamond life? Just check out all our shows. Uh, you can find uh, find the Nerd Cave Network on all forms of social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, YouTube, and uh, Twitch, which often streams uh, live gameplay. And I believe this is the first time we'll be saying this on air, but I know within the next few weeks, probably sometime in April, we're going to try out our first live podcast that we're going to stream on Twitch. So That's really cool. Um, all that's under uh, Nerd Cave Network. Uh, every Tuesday, well... My show was on Thursdays, but now it's back on Monday. So Mondays, you'll have the Derek Diamond Experience. Tuesday is the Nerd Cave Podcast. Wednesday is Fist of Monkey. Thursday is Pop Culture Palette. And every other Friday uh, is Time for Comics. Wow, so you've really got the full slate there. Yep, so every other week, you will have a Nerd Cave Network show to get you through your work week. That's impressive, and I really... uh... We've been hoping for a while that we could add another show... That way, I mean, it's having PCP now and the fact that it's similar to the Nerd Cave but different enough. And plus, you know, the guys that do it are really good and they're really interesting to hear. So they they were a natural addition and, you know, just the more the merrier. 
is yeah. what I say. And you know, we're we're doing a lot of stuff now with YouTube, uh, being a lot more interactive on social media. So I, I really think that we're gonna this thing's gonna start taking off uh, by the end of this year. I yeah, that that sounds awesome. You know, I'm definitely gonna be a loyal listener throughout uh, throughout the future, and I hope well, I that appreciate I hope that. that everybody that's listening to this will uh, t- take a moment out of their busy schedules you know just a ride to work or whatever uh check out the nerd cave podcast check out uh you know Derek diamond experience time for comics whatever uh and you you never know you might find that you have a hidden love for podcasts that you didn't know about absolutely and and thank you for doing this marshall i mean you've you've helped me uh accomplish my project of vanity <laughs> anytime Derek. I had, you know just anytime i can help you talk about yourself <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks Big thank you once again to Marshall for helping me out with that fun project. It was nice being on the other side of the microphone for once. And don't forget, you can check out all of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and NerdCaveNetwork.com. Every Monday, you have the Derek Diamond Experience. Tuesday is the Nerd Cave Podcast. Wednesday is Fist of Monkey. Thursday is Pop Culture Palette. And next Friday is Time for Comics. And also check out our fun content on YouTube. We have Nerd Cave Reacts, Nerd Cave for the Win, as well as some other fun shows we have coming up over the next couple of weeks. But that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend, and we will see you guys next Monday for episode number 50. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.